Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. All right, welcome back to another another episode of Maine Golf Talk. We are joined by Brandon Wall. Brandon has been, uh, you might see him on Instagram at this point. He's He's in the uh, ball marker, the divot repair tool, and the putting business on the side here. <laughs> uh, Brandon is, uh, he goes by mainly BW putters, and you can find him on Etsy. And uh, Brandon, we're, we're happy for you to join us. Uh, it's really cool you, you're putting out there. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so give us a little background. How did this all, how did this all come to be? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I guess the, the stamping stuff, it just started with... Um, you know, I really wanted, always kind of wanted to stamp one of my uh, golf clubs. So I went to uh, Harbor Freight and got one of their little sets and, uh, you know, just put my initials on all my irons. Um, and that was, you know, I don't know, a number of years back. And then uh, I tried to make a necklace, like a silver little pendant necklace. And I failed on that, but I actually just kept using it uh, with my boys' names on it as a, a ball marker. So then uh, during COVID, Got a little bored and uh, started buying more stamp sets and uh, cranking out some ball markers. And I didn't realize uh, how many people actually were doing it until you go on to Instagram. It's pretty funny, actually. But uh, there's a whole market for it. So. Oh yeah, I mean the the refurbished putters. It's 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 crazy. These old Scotty Camerons are coming out of the woodworks, and everyone wants to kind of fix yeah. them up and clean them up and sell them or keep them for themselves. Yeah, I started with that. I was just, uh, you know, buying them low and I didn't even do anything to them. And then I'd sell them high on eBay. Um, but then I kind of, you know, why not just make them look a little bit better for somebody? Um, but yeah, that's actually pretty tough now because, um, you know, what you used to be able to buy for 100, 150 is, you know, 250 to 300, no problem now on eBay. So that market's gotten uh, a little flooded a little bit. Uh, you know, I still got, I don't know, a dozen to 15 in my basement that I got to get to, but, uh, you know, I kind of cooled off on buying them just cause it's so high right now, but it, it's fun. Keeps me busy. Well, yeah, I saw <laughs> speaking of the COVID thing, it was a recent sale of yours was an F COVID ball marker. I like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was at the <laughs> beginning. I was, you know, why not? Right. Everybody's doing the, the dumpster, uh, dumpster fire, uh, ornaments and stuff. I thought that was pretty funny. So, uh but before we get into a little bit more about you know what you're doing uh i guess down in the basement there what tell me a little bit about your background in maine and how you got into the game yeah sure um so i grew up in south portland uh i live in portland now but um i was i've always been a hockey player uh but you know probably in middle school my uh best buddy uh, ben clark and his dad they dragged me out to the sopo muni um you know, I wore my baseball cleats and uh, used his clubs out of his bag, his dad's clubs, because he's a lefty. But, um, you know, from then on, we kind of just got hooked. 
our parents would just drop us off at uh, Sopo Muni at you know 8 a.m. and pick us up in the afternoon, give us a couple bucks for hot dogs, and that was that for golf. Uh, you know, and then we went to Sable Oaks for high school because that's where uh, you know Ernie Lampson he uh, was our golf coach then, but he'd back the boosters would pay for like half of our junior membership at Sable Oak. So that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah. And then I worked forever at none such and now I play at, um, Valhalla with, uh, I don't know, Chris King, his whole group out there. So, uh, been, you know, golf's, golf's a fun sport. Keeps you, keeps you entertained. Yeah. And you've had, I, you know, I've seen a few of the tournaments you've played in, uh, just seeing some of the results. I mean, you've had a, a couple of good runs at the the main amateur. It looked like you talk about those experiences. Yeah. I, um, I used to play a little bit more than I do now. Uh, but, um, yeah, I had a couple of decent finishes. I don't, I uh, might've broken the top 20 maybe once, but, uh, you know, played well enough to be competitive, which is always fun. Uh, this year was my best finish in the mid am. I think I finished, uh, tied for seventh. Um, didn't get my uh, exemption for next year, though. Uh, there was a bunch of guys, I guess, that had already uh, that didn't have an exemption that finished ahead of me, which was unusual for this year. But um, yeah, that was that was a fun course. Uh, I love all the old old tracks in Maine, all the old uh, Donald Ross tracks. So that was fun. Yeah, and I saw you qualified for the main am this year on scorecard they had to like how, <laughs> how did that work yeah. and what, what were you thinking at that point uh i finished but i think i ended up with like a triple on the back nine that pushed me up to like i think it was like a 78 or something like that at willowdale which i hadn't played since high school and uh man that was in great shape i i, I really like that course now but um yeah it was you know bickford called me and he's like geez you got in, but by the hairs on your chin, man. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we had to go back from matching cards and it was uh, 18 back. And I think it was right on the, might've been the 18th. Cause I think it was 17 that I had a terrible hole. So uh, it was, it was pretty close. <laughs> well, Hey, you got in, you did what you needed to do. So, um, and then I saw the, you also played in the, the state of Maine uh, a couple years ago when, our good buddy Jerry Roman up there at Sunday River won. Uh, yep. from, and uh, uh, so you, you played pretty well that week. Up, you know, that's a tough track, and especially in the sort of tournament setting, um, you know, when you're not playing like forest golf where you, you hit it in, you sort of just drop on the, the yeah. barrier there. Yeah, that was uh... when you have to go back to the tee. That, that's tough. That was, um, I was shocked at how that week when I think I had like three rounds that season before uh, going up there but um, the state of Maine's awesome. I Sugarloaf is a blast. Uh, I always call it a six hour mind challenge. Uh, I won't throw the expletive in there but <laughs> you know it's a, it's a it's six hours every time and it's uh, it's brutal. You can hit the best you've ever hit and shoot 78. You can play poorly and make a few putts and shoot 72. It's it's pretty funny up there. I think I saw you eagled the 12th hole. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yep. I did. How yeah, did I made it, a bomb? Made a bomb? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I hit, you know, I, I wasn't up there to think I was doing any damage. So I, I played that hole a little risky and 
so I hit a pretty good tee shot and then I carried one over the trees onto the green and uh, somehow miraculously made the putt. <laughs> that's, I love that hole. It's probably, that's probably one of my favorite holes up there. Yeah. It really yeah, does. It does squeeze you in there. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to step up on that tee and hit a driver. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much room. Uh, you got to really hug farther right than it looks. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it sounds like you're doing all of this work out of your basement. Is that right? Sort of become a, a hobby for you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, I had a couple of upright posts down in the basement. So I just built a workbench across them and, uh, started off with a belt sander and a couple sets of, uh, metal stamps. And, um, it's grown a little bit. I've got, you know, a whole lot of stamps now. And, um, I got myself a, uh, one of those Harbor Freight, the uh, mini mills just to mess with. Uh, that's been, you know, I'm no machinist, but uh, it's fun to tool around with. Um, I did buy a huge piece of um, copper at some point. I wanted to really try and like do a manual milled uh, putter, but we'll see. I, I got a ways to go before that. Um, and a uh, bench grinder. So I've got just three things set up with, uh, you know, just a block of steel that I can uh, hammer away on. So. It's been fun and a, and a vice to hold out, hold things. But So when you started this, did, were you just doing it kind of for yourself and, and uh, you know, wanted to make some putter changes and ball markers? I mean, you said you stamped some of your irons uh, and then maybe some of your friends saw this and they were like, hey, I'd like to get that as well. Yeah, I started it mostly for, uh, yeah, for like for my own good and, um you know, we do a Jeff King Memorial Golf Tournament. So I bought some markers thinking we didn't end up having it this year. But, uh, you know, I bought a bunch of like steel markers just to give um, to that if uh, if it came to fruition. It didn't. Um, so hopefully next year we can do something. But, uh, yeah, I just started off with, you know, messing around, doing my own wedges. Uh, and then um, I started looking on online on what people were selling, really looking for blank uh, metal. I started finding all kinds of people that were selling these things. And, you know, it's amazing. Some people are getting, uh, coaches customs. I don't know if you've ever seen them on there, but, uh, he's, he does some pretty serious art on his, but, uh, you know, they go for over a thousand bucks. Some of them for a ball marker. It's pretty amazing, but, uh, he's in tour bags and everything. So it's cool. But, um, so I just, I try to cover costs and, uh, move forward. It's certainly not a, uh, big money maker for me it's just keeping me busy well yeah you see all these clubs out on tour and uh even when we're you know at the lpga events and i look at kind of looking through the bags and seeing what clubs they got they all have like these stamps on it and these colors and like almost like that screen printing effect too and it's like i'm yeah. like i'm just looking to hit the club solidly i don't know about you i know you're <laughs> getting a little design on there is always nice but uh it's funny how it's really just kind of blown up over the last decade or so. Cause I, I doubt that like, you know, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer outside maybe having their initials on the club, they probably didn't have like, you know, rainbows and freaking you know, crazy yeah, the, prints on their, their clubs. Yeah. The back in the day, you know, manufacturers engraved, you know, their names into them, but yeah, no, it's, right. it's grown pretty crazy. Uh, it's gone now, you know, totally from just, letters and numbers to uh you know art with the dots and the eyes and everything like that so it's uh you know it's pretty funny what people ask me to make and uh you know so yeah sure i'll try 
can't can't guarantee it's gonna look great i'm certainly not a artist i'm just i got a hammer in my basement i'll go for it so. <laughs> f f covid <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, so i you know it's it's interesting too i you know i was looking at um over the last six months or so, I've done a lot of research on sort of club design and, and fitting as well. And what's interesting about Tiger is that when he started um, to be, when he like first became professional, he began working with, uh, I think his name is Mike Taylor and Mike Taylor owns Artisan Golf and Artisan mm-hmm. Golf uh, at the time he was working for Hogan and when Hogan was kind of, you may remember back in like the early two thousands, Hogan clubs yeah. were, were still pretty popular. That's my uh, biggest disappointment is letting my old apex forges go. They, uh, were, they were pure. Yeah. The, the new Hogan clubs look pretty good though too, but man, they were, yeah, they were really good back in the day. But yeah. anyway, so he, he worked with Mike Taylor on his clubs and so Tiger always had basically the same Hogan clubs. They were just Nikes at the time, of course, but right. they were all uh, fit to him. They were all built especially for him. And, you know, he had a couple imprints on the clubs as well, but it's just interesting how, um, you know, they don't, you don't always hear about the players at the top of the game and how far in depth they go with the clubs. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I have been reading up on, you know, how, how they fit themselves and how they get into it. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive how, how much they know about the, the technology and the numbers and, you know, what grinds are good for what shots. And a lot of them have their hands in it way more than, uh, than we'd expect. Probably not all like Bryce and DeChambeau, but, uh, you know, they all have a little <laughs> bit in there. Oh yeah. I mean, and especially with today's technology and they can get on, you know, gears or something, get some 3d done. And now it's not just fit for them off a live board. It's fit for them sort of dynamically, but, but, you know, it's interesting too, is that um, these clubs, you know, these builders and, and what they're doing outside of just the fitting process, um, you know, like I was saying with, with Tiger and I mean, the clubs he had, it, it seemed like it, it probably gave him a little bit of a leg up. And you look at uh, Nick Faldo and like Greg Norman, when they were world number one during COVID, they did like those lockdown learnings or whatever in their, their house. And they went into their studio and it was just all these clubs and Mitchell machines. And, like, yeah. you know, I mean, they do it all themselves too. Yeah. It's they. I saw one special of uh, Tiger in his little workshop studio. He's got, you know, oh yeah, the uh, the machinery he's got, and he had just clubs and clubs set up uh, for changing the grinds, testing stuff out. It was it was pretty interesting to see. Yeah. So uh, tell me about some of the pieces you've done outside of the F COVID ball marker. What some of the <laughs> pieces you've done recently? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I. Probably my like favorite one I did recently was I I um I, I don't know I made a a um, head cover out of leather. Oh wow! And I've always kind of wanted to mess with that and make one. So um, there's a guy out in Oregon, uh, Thistle Leather Goods. Um, 
he, instead of like, you know, being annoyed that I was just trying to make a free one, uh, he just gave me a bunch of pointers on how to knock it out. And he makes some really sweet ones. So I, I sent him a uh, ball marker that had his logo on it. And that one was, uh, that one was pretty cool. Um, I just did, I've got to send this out actually, but it's a, you know, a three and a half inch bag tag, uh, for a guy in New Jersey, but, uh, yeah, a little bit went into that one, but it was kind of fun. Um, the, uh, you know, the divot tools, these are kind of fun to make. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I wanted to see if I could make the metal red hot and hammer it down, see how that went. So that's been kind of fun. Um, it's just been messing around. Uh, you know, this was the one that I made most recently with my uh, boys, and I did sterling silver on, uh, oh, you can't see darn uh, sun, but, you know, um, sometimes I, I think I have too many ball markers for myself now at this point. I just kind of keep popping them out and try, you know, see what I make. But uh, the, the backlog is getting there now. I've got probably like four orders uh, coming up right now that I got to hammer out this week. So. Well, that's good. We, we want to help you out. We want to make sure you're getting busy. So I, we yeah. saw, we saw that uh, I believe Caleb Manuel might've ordered something from you. Is that true? Yeah, he did. He, uh, I actually, that I, I sent, um, Brian Bickford a couple and, uh, one of them was the player of the, I, I made a player of the year coin for, uh, for Caleb. Oh, awesome. But, okay. And I hadn't even like made it to him and he saw my stuff and, uh, you know, he hit me up to make a couple, um, and then I, I, I don't know if he got the, the Pody one or not, but, uh, yeah, he ordered a couple and then, uh, somebody else at Brunswick also, uh, like the one that he got. So ordered one similar, but, um, yeah. So was it, so was, was it like a Mr. 59 coin or. Right. <laughs> he didn't. I was surprised actually. Um, he, uh, Oh, it was, I think it was something regarding uh Brunswick golf club, but it was, um, some, something about the goat, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know the backstory of it. He didn't give the whole backstory, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thinking maybe he'd be asking for a Mr. Fifty Nine. That's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. So, so you're you're self described as just a mana working a hobby in the basement. Um, <laughs> yeah. So where where yeah. do you see this where do you see this going? Uh, I don't ever see it being my uh, you know full time gig. I've always just kind of been interested in making something that people want, um, and you know. I like golf, uh, hammer and metals kind of, uh, entertaining, I'm a little mindless. So I'll probably just keep it, uh, as you know, just an Instagram, small thing. Uh, you know, not trying to make a million bucks doing it, just getting a little creative, but, um, you know, maybe grow my machinery, uh, equipment down there. We'll see, but, uh, it's just, let's be, uh, get some new tools and, play around yeah well it's a, it's an awesome niche and you know especially in maine it's like you don't hear really about any like sort of club companies or uh yeah repair companies for clubs or anything like that so it's it's cool that you've sort of started this and put it out there for us to to see and um, i expect a lot of people in in maine are going to be hitting you up pretty soon yeah, hopefully. Uh, I haven't, I haven't mailed too many out, uh, in Maine. Uh, Chris King, he ordered a bunch. Um, 
somebody up in Lewiston. I don't know if you saw the Happy Gilmore one, but that one was pretty cool. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite movie ever. So um, to do a double sided one on that, that was pretty funny. Uh, depending on the day, you know, somebody putting well or getting ready for the club throw. So but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't haven't had a ton in Maine yet. Um, I talked with uh, Sim City. Uh, he's Chad Allen over there. He's willing to let me um, put a couple, like a little display box up over there. So I might do something like that. We'll see. But again, I don't need to, I don't need to be down there for hours and hours every night either. It's more just something fun that, you know, I like doing. Yep. Yeah. We're not, not looking to mass produce them quite yet. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not trying to beat out Scotty anytime soon. So, yeah. Um, so Brandon, we, we typically end our calls here with, uh, a little section we call the wicked fire round. Um, right. You've probably heard a few of them. Uh, yeah. I got, I got a few questions for you and we'll start with your top five courses in Maine. Top five courses in Maine. I got to go Sugarloaf, Kibo, uh, Waterville, Webb Hannett. Um, oh, geez. How many is that? What am I at? Three? We're at. Uh, ledges i love the ledges even though it's ledges, a new one yeah. i think that was five, and uh said that's a, is that five yeah i think it was you said sugarloaf kibo web hannah i missed one Sugar in there. waterville is that Web-Hana. what you said waterville and ledges yeah yeah nice yeah we haven't heard i don't think we've heard waterville yet that's a you know i love that course is yeah it's so good it's always in good shape too um, yeah that's a great track uh how about your favorite putter that you've ever seen maybe uh my favorite putter i i've always wanted a uh a scotty cameron timeless uh with no sight dot i can't I'm, I'm too much of a mind mind messer with uh any type of sight aid but um i've always had a newport beach putter uh just a regular newport no line i love that thing um it's just ageless. And then uh, I recently got a uh, Goodwood putter um, with my boy's initials on it in the sound slot. And uh, he's, he, he makes some really good stuff down in Maryland. And I, I love that thing. Um, I don't know. I posted it on there. I got my, uh, you know, I redid the patina finish on it, but uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool stick. But, Very nice. So is the time yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the timeless right now. Is this the, I it's like the Newport I, too. Okay. Yeah, it's just the Circle T model or the shop model of the Newport too, because you can't get a uh, Newport two off the shelf without a sight line. So uh, I've never been able to get that putter, but uh, gotcha. someday maybe we'll see. <laughs> and then uh, if Tiger came to you and said, "Hey, I want to want you to make a couple edits to my putter, a couple prints or something," what would you throw in there? Oh man, I feel like the uh, either a goat or a money symbol is the only thing that would really make <laughs> sense, right? <laughs> I don't think he's making any changes to that though. That's what yeah. he needs. He needs a head cover with like goats all over it, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's great. That thing's magical right there. I mean, seriously, and it's funny how over the last couple of years, it's you know he hasn't putted probably his best outside of you know obviously the masters but um you know that that putter has been pretty special throughout its career can you imagine what that thing would sell for 
Oh, geez. I can't even. Uh, what is it? Does Somebody has his uh, backup, right? I think like Tony Romo or somebody has his backup one that's made to the similar specs. But no, geez. It's, it's got to be over a million, right? I mean, he's, he's won every major except for one with that thing. So yeah. pretty impressive. So, Brendan, for our, for our listeners at home, if they want to get a repair tool or a ball marker or, you know, make some edits to their putter, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm basically just on Instagram uh, at mainly BW putters. Um, I do have an Etsy page too, but uh, mostly everything's going through Instagram. Just uh, look me up and DM me and uh, direct message, right? Uh, find me on there. Um, I try to get back to everybody as quick as possible. Um, I'm not, you know, super tech savvy, but yeah, the Instagram's my page. Uh, that's where I try to keep it all. And that's mainly with an E, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Maine. It's from Maine. Everything's made here. So yeah. <laughs> Maine with an E. M-A-I-N-E-L-Y. Well, Brandon, we appreciate you coming on and uh, we look forward to kind of following your progress here and, and hopefully we can bring a few more, I guess, customers to you and help, help grow the, the basement business, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And this has been another episode of Maine Golf Talk. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor. We're pretty much everywhere at this point. If you can drop a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Any ratings, comments you can provide. And we'll see you next time.